We are certainly not in your mother's or your auntie's, hey, I guess that's me today, uh, era of social media, right? Things have changed so much since I first got on social media for sure, but even just over the past year, social media has changed so incredibly much. And with that said, we can't keep relying on the same old strategies, the same old tactics to get us success in this new social world. We've gotta adapt, we've gotta change how we do things, and I think there's a lot of opportunity in this new social media world, but there's also some challenges. So let's talk about it. Let's talk about how you as a social media manager or a marketing manager or a small business owner, a content creator, how you can start using some of these best practices to get you up to speed for social media in 2023. So the first do of social media in today's world is that you do want to be relatable. I called this about a year ago. I posted on Twitter that I thought the era of flex content was over and I stand by that. I think today's audiences are so smart. We all know what it feels like to be sold to. We all know what it feels like to be lied to. We can see red flags like never before. We lived through that era of fake news and don't get me wrong, some people still fall for it. I'm not saying, you know, everybody is super, super savvy with this stuff, but I think as a cohort, we're a lot more savvy. We are a lot more knowledgeable about the internet. So as a brand, as a person, as a social media manager, as a marketer, you've got to make sure that you are putting your people first. You're putting your audience first. And that even if you're selling something, even if you're doing something that's maybe a little bit more selfish, if you will, that you are able to tie it back to your audience in some way and really help serve them still. We've seen celebrities like the Kardashians, for example, get kind of dragged on social media for saying things that are a little bit tone deaf or for flying to private islands during a global health crisis, you know, and don't think that you're immune from it just because you are not some rich reality star. People are quick to call other people out on social media and you just got to be aware of that. I'm not saying that you need to change who you are. If you are maybe more of a glamorous person or just a successful person, it doesn't mean that you need to hide your success or that you, you know, have to be inauthentic by pretending to be someone that you're not. But again, keep your audience at the forefront. An example of this, when I purchased my first home about a year ago, I actually felt a little weird about it because I knew that most of the world was going through some really challenging financial stuff, actually. So I wasn't sure if I even wanted to talk about it, but I kind of had to because I film out of my house and people would have noticed that it looked different. So instead of showing you some luxurious house tour, it's not that luxurious, but I could have pretended or whatever, that used to be the thing a few years ago is to buy a bunch of fancy things and, and show it off. Instead of doing that, I did a podcast about how you can do it too. I did a podcast about how you as a freelancer can buy a house as well and gave some value to the content as opposed to just flexing with the content. With that said, you want to be authentic. You want to be relatable. You want to be normal, but you don't want to be reckless. <laughs> don't post recklessly. I think one of the driving factors of this relatability era is TikTok because pretty much anyone with a cell phone and who's of age to get on the platform 
can post a TikTok. We can contrast this to a few years ago when the huge rage, you know, at least on YouTube, was like having the most immaculate camera set up and using all this professional gear. And nowadays it's like, if there's not an app for it, people don't wanna hear about it. But just because you can post in an instant doesn't necessarily mean that you should. I still think that we need to be thinking through what we're doing. And you don't wanna get too deep with it and overanalyze everything, but just give a second of pause. Just give a cool down period after you record something and think back to, does this really support my content pillars? If you don't know about that, concept, I'll leave a video for you to check out. Does it support my content pillars? Does it support my overall message? Does it support the business goal? Does that platform support those things as well? Because yeah, it's really easy to start a TikTok. It's really easy to post an Instagram story, but if none of your audience is there, I still don't want you to waste your time on it if you have limited time. And most of us are running small teams, small businesses, right? So we don't have all the time in the world to be everywhere. You wanna be strategic still, and there certainly is a way to be strategic while still having a little bit of fun, creating relatable content, and not lifting quite so hard when it comes to what you're creating and what you're saying. Speaking of that, you do want to repurpose content. Today's social media platforms require so much of us, right? I mean, <laughs> Back in the day, we could get by with posting a simple graphic with like a quote. I mean, some days I really miss those days because I didn't have to put on clothes to schedule social media. It was so much easier. But listen, video, just being present is a lot more engaging for audiences than stock photos and graphics. We know this. So you want to make sure to use that content because it takes a lot. And somehow as business owners, content creators, social media managers, we have got roped into becoming videographers as well, which is a whole other rant that I could go on. But for now, we just have to deal with the cards that we've been dealt and make sure that we are making good use out of that time and energy that we're putting in. So that means clipping your long form content into short form content, that means using your TikToks on Instagram and vice versa, using all of the features of all the platforms that you are committed to. So something that I'm always having to remind myself to do is YouTube. YouTube has a whole community section. And whenever I post a graphic that I posted on my Instagram onto my YouTube community tab, it gets a ton of engagement. That's a really easy way to just amplify what I'm doing without doing any extra work, really all I'm doing is doing like two clicks and posting, right? So as much as you can repurpose your content, the better. You do not want to stay committed to just one platform and record all this stuff for just that one platform and not use it anywhere else. In a recent episode where I talked about some trends for 2023, I talked about Facebook. And this is another place that a lot of us could be better about repurposing to. It's just there. We might not personally be on the platform a ton, but a lot of people are. It is still a huge platform. So if you're posting Instagram pictures, graphics, reels, anything, YouTube videos, just put it up on a Facebook page as well to help make the most out of your efforts. This kind of goes along with point one, but you definitely don't want to sell, sell, sell. When it comes down to it, when people get on social media, they really come to social media because they want to be entertained, they wanna learn or they wanna relax and just like 
have a chill time. I mean, I think about how I would watch TV back before there was so much video content online and I would watch it at the end of the day. Like that's what most people do. They have their dinner and then they like watch a show or two to wind down. And that's the same thing for social media. People don't necessarily go on social media to be sold to. I mean, I think that's changing a little bit. I think we're now understanding that this is a place where commerce takes place, but you still don't want to hit people over the heads with it. And even if you're selling, there's a way to do it in a subtle way that serves, that doesn't just sell, sell, sell. So value first. This is one of the number one things I tell clients who come to me for a social media strategy help is they're just posting ads. Like they're just posting like this is an Amazon listing. They're not really developing a lifestyle. They're not really tapping into that buyer persona and sharing what they would like. So for example, in the social media management accelerator, the course that I offer, we work with a series of mock brands. And one of the mock brands is a yoga studio. And a lot of times the students will of course post like, Hey, here are the classes we have. And here are, is the equipment that you need to bring to class. But people who go to yoga class, what else do they like? They probably like, I don't know, maybe the community that they live in. Maybe you could post about your neighbors, you know, your other business neighbors, or maybe even other mindfulness type things like journal exercises or meditations, things that they can do at home to still feel connected and a part of this yoga studio without even having to necessarily step foot in the studio itself. And I get it, that doesn't pay the bills, but it gets you those super fans. It gets you those people who are like, I love that yoga studios account, not just because it's an awesome yoga studio, but because they're constantly delivering content to me that helps me at any stage of life. That helps me when I'm on my commute to work. It helps me when I'm stressed out from the day. And it makes me that much more likely to choose that studio over another one when I do need to go in and hit the map. Okay, really quick before we get into the rest of this episode, I want to invite you to something next week on Tuesday. I'm actually having a live class and it's all about pitching. So if you do want to sell in the right way, in the non-spammy, aggressive way, whether you're looking to get sponsors, new clients, whether you're looking to like pitch yourself to speak on stage somewhere, just come on down. It'll be a good time. It's live. It's free. I will be teaching and giving out some templates, some prompts, some suggestions, sharing some examples. And like I said, it's live. So there'll be a Q&A at the end as well. I would love to see you there. I'll leave a link in the show notes. If you're tuning in after class is already closed, uh, still check out the show notes. I'll replace it with a little something that should help you out. Next tip. This one actually hasn't really changed. You do need to be consistent. This is the number one growth hack. When people ask me, how do you build a platform? How do you build an audience? Honestly, consistency. Now, with that said, you have to be consistent with good content, right? I mean, if I just posted garbage every day, you guys would be like, okay, not following her. She posts garbage every day. But if I'm posting stuff that's good, not even great, but good, over time, it snowballs, you build an audience. Like that's that's it. We're done. But seriously, I think, you know, a few years ago when we talked about being consistent, we were talking about content marketing, like YouTube, like blogs, like emails even. But I think it's true for short form social platforms as well. I actually had a meeting with an Instagram like manager, somebody who works at Instagram. And that was one of the big tips she gave me was that I need to be more consistent with my Instagrams because I just post 
like the original reason that, inst you know, the original purpose of Instagram where it was called Insta, like instant. That's how I post on Instagram. But she was like, no, you really need to have a schedule, like a rhythm to your post. So I said, okay, minimum, I can guarantee I'm going to post on my grid once a week on Fridays because that's when the podcast comes out. Having that cadence to your post on any platform, I'm sure probably does something for the algorithm. I don't know, but it also just helps you build an audience because people can start to look out for you. They can start to anticipate your posts and, you know, just get in that routine of commenting and chatting with you on Fridays or whenever it is that you post. So be consistent. Don't give up. Also, you know, set realistic goals. And if let's say in three months of doing something, you're not seeing any changes, you're not seeing any growth. Well, maybe it's time to adjust the strategy because you don't want to just be consistent at doing all the wrong things. Another big growth hack is engagement. Don't ignore your audience. I know that the focus for so many of us is content creation, right? Cause I get it. That's where it starts. We have to create good content to build an audience in the first place. But I see so many of us, myself included, I am looking at myself here, not doing a good enough job of doing outbound engagement or even reacting to the engagements that we get. I mean, I do try my very best to respond to all my YouTube comments, at least on launch day of my YouTube videos. But sometimes on Instagram, I close the app and I don't open it for for another week. And that's not good. Try not to be like me. Okay. I don't do that for my clients, but for myself, it is hard out here. So engagement is a really great way to just nurture your existing audience, make them feel appreciated, chit chat with them. You can also get a ton of great insight from them just by listening. Like what's really exciting them, interesting to them that can help you create more content that is going to resonate with more people. And then when you're doing outbound engagement, which means let's say that I am a furniture store, I'm going to go into Instagram and I'm going to type in home decor and I'm going to look at a bunch of different accounts that post about their homes, post pictures, post reels about their homes and how they style them and start leaving comments. Oh, cool. I love how you put those candles there. And those people now who didn't know what my brand was, who never heard of my brand before, now have had an engagement. We have talked virtually and they might come to my profile. They might check me out. They might like what I'm posting. They might follow. They might not, but they'll at least have heard of my company's name. So when they are, you know, looking for a new couch or looking for whatever it is that I sell, I might be somebody who comes to mind for them. So outbound engagement is extremely valuable as well. If you're experiencing a growth slump, definitely try it out. Another do, you do want to play with polarity. Again, authenticity, right? Authenticity is huge. I hate using that word because it's so cliche, but it's true. Today's audiences, they want to know where you stand on stuff. You want to be transparent for people. I have found that wishy-washiness doesn't get you very far, at least not for me. We relate to things that fire us up for good or for bad. So you want to play into that with your content, meaning if there's something going on in the news that relates to your business, take a stand on it. Again, you don't necessarily need to be like this huge political activist. I think that can feel very performative if you react to every news story. But if it's something like, I don't know if you sell education supplies and there's a teacher shortage, like you need to talk about that. And don't just say, oh, it's sad that we have a teacher shortage. Say, oh, we are advocating for higher pay for teachers or we're going to create this grant for teachers or something, you know, like that. You definitely don't want to hide behind just trying to 
appease everybody, trying to appeal to everybody. Because as the old saying goes, if you try to talk to everybody, you end up speaking to no one. You wanna hone in on your target audience. What do they care about? What does your brand care about? And go all in, just don't don't play around. Don't try to be wishy-washy, be you and try to just ignore the people who don't like it. Social media is so vast. There really is a place for every opinion now. So just know that, you know, unless it's like a terrible opinion that's hateful or something like that, there's probably a community for you. There's probably an audience for you. So lean into them, not just the haters. With that said, you don't want to clickbait. You know, you don't want to be polarizing just for the sake of being polarizing. You don't want to say things that are just going to get people amped up that aren't true or that are going to be triggering to people just for the sake of being triggering, right? So be careful. I know on YouTube in particular a few years ago, that was all the rage. That that died down really fast, thank goodness, because it was too much for me, okay? But I do see it a lot on TikTok, and I see the temptation to do that because you get views that way. You do. I, I've even done it a little bit. I've played into it, and I'm like, why am I doing this? You might get a lot of eyes on your account, but are you going to get a lot of eyes on your product? Because if they actually go through and watch the whole video and they find out you were talking about something that's kind of irrelevant or you were just doing something just to kind of engagement bait, are they going to actually want to go to your profile and buy your stuff? Probably not. All engagement is not good engagement. Be sure that you are really vetting the quality of the community that you're building. And bigger is not always better. Bigger is not always better. This is something I have certainly learned over the years. I've actually worked with clients that we have to try to stop their growth, which sounds counterproductive. It sounds weird, but maybe they hit an algorithm and they're getting a ton of like really low quality leads for whatever reason, whether it's just they're not qualified, you know, maybe they sell a very expensive service or product and, you know, they're getting a ton of numbers, but nobody is ready to purchase. We want to be a little bit more intentional with it. If you've ever experienced bots, one time a bot hit my Instagram. I did not buy it. I swear. I actually got an email a couple days later saying, Hey, we bought this bot for you. Did you like the engagement? It was the weirdest thing ever. Anyway, if you've ever been on the receiving end of that, you can relate because none of those bots or engagement farm people are going to ever purchase from you. They're just inflating your numbers. And sometimes that can actually look really bad if you're trying to pitch to a brand or if you are just trying to be more authentic and credible in your space, if you have 100,000 followers and you're only getting a few likes on each photo, that doesn't look good. That doesn't make me want to trust you as a brand. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So be mindful of that. For the last do, you do want to, not just want to, you do need to create videos. It really is a non-negotiable. It's been a non-negotiable for the past several years. But today, if you're not creating videos, I don't know what you're posting on social media. I think there are a few exceptions. I think if you are a writer or you're gonna lean into the written word, there's still space for you on Twitter. 
there's still space for you on LinkedIn. There's still space in emails. Of course, it's not social media, but you get it. But you know, if you are selling a product, a service that is not strictly B2B, cause that's pretty much where you're going to be for those, those platforms, you're going to have to create some type of video content. Now I'm not saying you need to sit here with a microphone and lighting and do like a full on YouTube video. Like I am, you might not even need to be on camera, but you do have to use the art of moving images in some way for your social strategy, because all of the platforms, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, Snapchat, I don't know what other ones are even out there, even LinkedIn and even Twitter, they all have video capabilities. And most of them outside of Twitter and LinkedIn really prioritize video. I'd even argue LinkedIn does still really like video too. If you are a small business owner in particular, and you're listening to this or a service provider, a freelancer, and you're like, I just don't want to do videos, outsource it, bring a creator onto your team who can do exactly what I'm doing but have your business's name underneath the video. Hiring content creators, hiring videographers is one of the smartest investments that you can make, especially if you are not willing to do it yourself. And lastly, you don't want to overthink it. Social media is a lot less sterile, I suppose, than it was 10, 15, even five years ago. People are more casual than ever. It's more accessible than ever. And again, I think people just want to have fun. Like people want to see memes. They want to see funny reels. And you certainly don't want to get sucked into just doing what's fun because you're running a business, but you can play around. You can have fun. In fact, you need to have fun. Even if you're a marketing manager for a B2B company and you're like, this is boring. I don't like it. Well, that's probably why your social media is not successful. You you've got to start to have a little bit of fun with it or else it is going to feel like a chore and it really does come through in the final product. So loosen up, don't overthink it so much and have some fun. And also don't overthink your strategy. So many of my clients come to me just completely stuck. They have not posted anything since December of 2021. And it's, it's not time. It's not time. It's that we get so scared. We get frozen by fear that we're going to post the wrong thing, that we're not going to have the right strategy. And I understand that, but posting something is better than nothing. Treat it like a test. Treat every new content pillar, every new content format, content type as a test. Just say, we're going to try it out. We're going to try out reels. We're going to try out carousels. We're going to try out this type of story. We're going to try out this podcast. We're going to do one season of the podcast. You get, you get where I'm going with this and then measure it, see how it did. And you can either keep doing it if it did well, or you can say new strategy if it didn't, but you're not committing to yourself to this type of content or this platform forever. Do it strategically. Don't jump on the new thing just because it's a new thing. But if it seems to match up with your ideal audience and where they're at and with your capabilities in terms of workload, just give it a shot. Treat it like a test, measure it, and see where it takes you. All right, what do you think? Do you got any uh, do's and don'ts for me or do's or don'ts for me? Leave them in the comments if you're on YouTube. If you are not on YouTube and you're listening on an audio platform, please take a moment to leave a review for the show. It helps so incredibly much. I'm going to post a review on screen here on YouTube. If you all want to check that out and run over to the podcast platforms as well and subscribe, follow the podcast everywhere. Come to my live class on Tuesday. I will leave a link for you in the show notes. It's all about pitching, 
for anyone from a social media manager, graphic designer, content creator. We'll talk about some good stuff. I'll share some good resources with you and we'll have a good time, a fun, fun little Q&A and all that good stuff. So I hope to see you there. And thank you for tuning in. It really means the world to me. I appreciate you so much and I'll see you in the next one. Bye.